What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We are your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Saturday, February 19th. February is flying by, just as January did. Hope you guys are having a great weekend so far. I know we are as well. My um, my room right now smells like oranges because we my roommate and I got a a diffuse. Actually, no, our apartment like came with this diffuser, this like cheap little diffuser, and um, and so my my roommate got essential oils. Uh, I think it was like a couple of days ago, and we have six different flavors, and now it smells like orange, and it smells like somebody just peeled a, a fresh orange in here. So it smells really good in my room right now. I'm really stoked for this episode. I don't know about Matt. Matt, how are you? Well, to be honest, I don't have a diffuser. That's how it's pronounced, Hayden. It's not a diffuser. We're not, we're not dissecting the, uh, the fusing of air here. We're just letting the air diffuse through a thermometer, or whatever those things are, not thermometer. The, uh, yeah, thermometer. No, not nice. a thermometer. Either way, um, yeah, I don't have orange scents roaming through my apartment, which I'm honestly probably glad about because I would get a headache and it would be kind of weird. But anyway, yeah. Crazy, crazy, lot, lot to talk about with college football today. That's going to kind of probably be the main, uh, the main chunk of the episode. In case you weren't aware, the college football playoff committee met yesterday and basically nothing got done. <laughs> and, and that's funny because I think it kind of, it just shows that that's pretty much what's happening with all of the major sports. I mean, you know, I, we've, we've talked about the, the MLB lockout a little bit. Um, and, and it's funny because, you know, we were going to do something like more of a little bit of an update on the MLB lockout. And it's like, but there's nothing to do. There's no updates because nothing's happened. And it's like, they've met all these different times and each side has proposed more stuff. And then the other side is just like, no, this is dumb. Um, and I mean, kind of the only news coming out of that is that the, if they officially postponed uh, the, the, like the preseason games, uh, you know, for, for the, for the, for the, uh, for the MLB season, which basically means that, uh, you know, opening day will assumingly also be postponed, which again, you know, it, it's not, it's not the end of the world because it's, you know, it's okay that they're not going to be playing the first couple weeks of baseball again. Like, I don't think anybody really cares about baseball until it becomes, you know, kind of October when the playoffs start. Uh, But even then there's football going on. So it's like baseball, yeah, it is what it is, but, but right. That's the thing is like, at the end of the day, all these teams, all these leagues, all these players, all these owners are meeting and, and just a lot, a lot is being discussed. However, with this kind of, decision or I guess lack thereof uh you know among the college football playoff committee members kind of I would say creates a lot of ripple effects in the sense that you know there's going to be a lot of changes within college football we know the conferences the teams all that stuff's going to be kind of shifting but the college football playoff is going to stay the same and so I think that could kind of really have a lot of impact on the sport at large. And that's, that's really what we want to talk about mostly today, I think. Uh, we'll also do some Olympic stuff, and then we're going to have the uh, fun segment, You're Wrong Man of the Week, at the end of the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, so, so, so Hayden, share your general thoughts. What do you think about the, uh, the college football playoff committee uh, and their lack of agreement uh, or, or in kind of how this can be shaped in the landscape of college football? Yeah, so I actually talked about this if, for any of our longtime listeners. If you guys have been listening since August, I think was when our episode came out. I actually talked about this with one of my buddies, Mitchell, and it was just like a short little episode, about 30 minutes. And this was when that was when like this first was proposed, basically. This this whole idea of having more teams or 12 teams in the in the college football playoff. Um, and and that's when it was proposed. And so we were kind of we we tried to talk about like how it would benefit the NCAA at large and how it would, you know, benefit money. So actually Mitchell did a really good job of breaking it down from like a money standpoint and how it would kind of bring in a lot of money to the NC, both the NCAA and also um, uh, TV channels and like, and TV program networks and everything like that. So that was cool to hear for, and if you guys want to go back and listen to that, I mean, nothing that about that has changed really. So a lot of that episode is kind of still relevant today. Obviously a lot of the football is, thing stuff has, has changed especially because we had the college football playoff this past um year i mean i guess in january it's not even really this past year um so yeah so like a lot of that money stuff is still relevant so if you guys want to kind of hear more about that and get into that stuff you can go back to to our august episode it was still season one it was our last episode of season one you can listen to that but i, I guess from a from a football standpoint here i I'm, I'm an advocate for the 12 team playoff and here's why there's kind of two sides to this argument. And I'm sure that Matt's probably going to go in depth with, with this kind of thing too, but the two sides of the argument here are 
for a 14 playoff, you keep the 14 playoff and you keep it that way because the same two teams or the, the, the same two teams are going to get to the, to the final game, no matter what, no matter how many teams are in the playoff, the same two teams are going to get there because they just differentiate, differentiate themselves so much from the rest of the playing field in college football that it doesn't even matter who else is in the bracket. They're just going to ride through the quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever, um, which, which they already do. Like people have argued that the college football semifinal games, they, they suck already. Like they, they don't most, most of them in the past, like however many five years or whatever have just been so bad. They've just been blowouts and you know, the better team wins and then the better team moves on. And then the championship game is really what is entertaining, which I, I get that. But at the same time, I'm one of those people that's like, give, give the other teams a chance. You, you take five of the, you know, the, the conference championship winners and okay, that gets a little bit fishy. That's now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, the five conference championship winners, um, you have the, those five teams and then you take the, the next best three teams. But then that gets, that gets a little bit fishy because then what if you have somehow, you know, you, you got like Utah winning the Pac-12, but they had kind of a, a, a little, you know, a bad season, I guess. I, again, college football is different because it's like you have to have a good season to even make it to the to the conference championship in the first place. Um, but it's it still is kind of faulty. Like we see some teams in some conferences get to the conference championship that you wouldn't really expect, and then they kind of just get like crushed in the in the, in the conference championship. It's not like ba- college basketball where the conference championship winner could just be like super fluky and just get really hot during the conference championship ter- uh, tournament or conference tournament, I guess. Um, so that's like, that's a little bit different, but I think where I'm coming from is like, you've got five power, power five schools. Um, and then you've kind of got like, I, I don't know, you, you got five power five schools and then the three next best schools, those three next best schools could be better than the five conference winners. Because if you think about it, like the second best team in the SEC is probably better than the best team in the PAC 12, if we're being honest. So um, I, I guess that's kind of where we get stuck a little bit. It's like, okay, well, do you just take the top eight teams or do you take, you know, uh, or you, you try to create more variety and, and get teams from every conference. That's a little bit fishy. Um, I was actually just thinking about it. And we, we, act, back in August, we actually talked about the, um, we actually talked about like the conference changes. So the, the, the big 12 just going away and then Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. We talked about that but it's actually kind of like the same, there could be this, some of the same arguments applied to, to this whole thing with the college football playoff. And that like the NCAA, I think, I think if they expanded it, dude, the NCAA would get so much more money because they would um, be pretty much because there'd be more, more games that like mean more and instead of just meaningless bowl games, that's another thing I'm going to get, I'm going to let Matt get into it here. Cause I've been kind of talking for a long time. I want him to get his points in. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like the next thing I would talk about is, is, is bowl games and how meaningless they are. And with more uh, playoff games, then you get like more meaning to the end of the season. I'm going to let Matt talk here though, just, just to kind of get him started. Well, so I think that, I mean, Hayden did a good job of kind of explaining the options that we have available that are kind of on the table for all this. But I think what we kind of have to explain first to, you know, on a surface level type of view is why, you know, why weren't they able to come to an agreement? Because I think, as Hayden said, everyone agrees fan wise, if you're, you know, if you're a fan of the game, you want the college playoff football, the college football playoff to be expanded as much as you can, right? There's options for six teams, eight teams, 12 teams, but, but like, right at the end of the day, and Hayden said it, you know, the, the same teams are winning. So let's get more teams in there. Let's try to have some, some diversity. Um, and so it's like, well, what, you know, and, and it seems like a pretty logical solution, right? So why is every, why are we not able to agree on this? Why are we having all these meetings and then just getting these notifications on our phone that are like, no decision will be made today. Playoff, it will, and actually I didn't explain this uh, at the beginning, but essentially because of the decision to not expand the college football playoff that was decided upon yesterday, the, um, they're just, they're not going to be able to change it until the length of the contract for the four team college football playoff runs its runs its uh, you know runs its course essentially which ends in 2025 so we're gonna have three more years of this where you know four teams make the playoff probably gonna be the same four teams every year 
and that is what it is. And so hopefully, you know, by the time that 2025 rolls around, we've had 11 years because the first the first college football playoff was in 2014. So if we have 11 years of this, you know, maybe at that point we'll be able to say, all right, you know, that we can do something else to expand what's going on here. But the main reason that kind of nothing's been able to be decided yet is that the conferences and, and and the people who represent the conferences. So, you know, like Greg Sankey, he's the commissioner of the SEC, right? Greg Warden or Greg something. Uh, he's the commissioner of the big 12. And so essentially what happens is like, you need the okay or, or, you know, kind of the majority vote from all of the conference commissioners in order to actually expand the playoff because they have to agree on some sort of automatic bid system. All right. And so in college basketball, it's simple. If you win your conference, you automatically get into the NCAA tournament. It's not like that in college football, right? Because we saw like, you know, Alabama and Georgia, right? They played twice this year. Once was in the, you know, the, the, uh, the SEC championship. One was in the national championship. Alabama won in the SEC championship. So Georgia did not win their conference, but they still made it to the college football playoff just because of their sheer, you know, the, what they showed during the regular season, they were able to compete. So, you know, all that. But if you're going to expand the college football playoff and you only have 10 conferences, I mean, if you're expanding to 12 teams, you have to have equity among all of the conferences who are then supposed to be represented in the college football playoff. That's the, that's the, that's the, you kind of just have to have it that way. But the thing is, if you can't automatically agree on 12, you know, if we're going to move to 12 teams for, you know, for the SEC's sake, like, like Hayden said, right? The second best team in the SEC is going to be way better than the best team in the Pac-12, right? So like on any given year. And so if you're going to expand that argument, let's think about the, let's do a little thought experiment here, right? So if you're going to have 12 teams and 10 of them are guaranteed and you have maybe a, you know, a Michigan who's a non-conference, you know, they don't win the Big Ten Conference, but they're still like, you know, they only have one loss and then it's two Ohio State who won the Big Ten, right? Like hypothetically speaking, Michigan's probably going to make it as one of the, the 11th or 12th team because they're a non-conference champion. They did not win their conference, so they didn't get the automatic bid to the college football playoff, but they're obviously quality, a good enough quality team to be able to still deserve a spot in the college football playoff, to, de- you know, to deserve a chance to win the college football championship they're going to get, they're going to take a spot. Right. And then we'll, you know, let's say, right. The, the SEC champion is, is Georgia. And then Alabama is not the SEC championship. Well, they're going to have to take the 12th seed. And it's like, okay, so now we have Texas A&M. Well, Texas A&M went 11 and one in the regular season. Their only loss was to Georgia who won the SEC championship. And then Alabama, since they're on the other side of the SEC, they got the automatic bid to the SEC championship. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it just, yeah. it ends up being this whole circle of like, like there are two conferences, well, the SEC, but, and I would say the SEC and the Big Ten are, are the two best conferences, okay? And so quality-wise, we want the opportunity for the best teams to win the college football championship. They should deserve a, a chance to show that they're the best team because they have proven themselves throughout the regular season and all other stuff. However... We want to make this as equitable as possible. And so we also want to have conference champions from all of the 10 conferences. Okay. We have five power five conferences. That's why they're called the power five power conferences. And then we have five group of five conferences. They're called the group of five because they're basically not as important, not as you know good. The teams aren't as talented and, and, and don't really wouldn't have, I guess, a, be- a better chance to win against the teams who are from power five conferences. But as we've seen play out, almost every year in the NFL playoffs, which I think is a great comparison. It's basically the exact same situation as we would have in a college football playoff type scenario. Let's just look at this year in the NFL. The two four seeds made the, made the Super Bowl. They played for the Super Nobody expected yeah, that. It's exactly. the first time in the history of the NFL that two four seeds play for a championship. And so the argument with this whole expansion thing is that it's tough to reconcile the fact that we're going to have to include teams who wouldn't otherwise have a chance as and then also make it a priority to win your conference to really try because if you're you know if you're a marshal in the conference USA and you win your conference and you're you know you're the best team in the conference USA you may be one of the best group of five teams in the entire country you don't even have a chance to make you know to, to prove your worth and, and and you know and and actually win the, the college football championship you don't matter that's literally just telling you your football team is not good enough no matter what you do you won't be able to win these games and this was exemplified in UCF's case right UFC you UCF went 13 and 0, I think maybe even three or four years ago at this point, won their conference. They were ranked in the top 10 the entire year. They beat Auburn in the bowl game. So they won all the games on their plate. They did everything they possibly could. They didn't have a chance to compete for the national championship. Who knows? 
All right, as we saw, two four seeds end up in the NFL Super Bowl. If you know, if UFC, if UCF in that year has a chance to compete against all of the best teams in college football, who says they won't be able to beat the best teams and actually make it? So that's the argument for these bets for these teams that no don't really get a chance. They if they win their conference and they prove themselves throughout the regular season, they should get a chance to compete for the college football playoff championship. But then you on the other side, you have teams like Michigan, Texas A and M, these teams who probably won't win their conference on a given year, but in, in any case, I would argue that, you know, if Michigan from this year is stacked up against UCF from that, you know, from years past, Michigan wins that game nine, nine out of ten times. So that's the argument here, and that's why the whole disagreement is happening is because you have conference champions who are worse quality overall teams that could still have that one game, that magical run, and go to the college football playoff championship – are basically going up against teams that are more proven, better talent, better quality, who, you know, on a neutral field in any given scenario would also would be able to beat these teams. And that's why it's it, that's that's what the argument is 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 kind of suggesting here. And that's why it's tough, because the way that I feel like I did a pretty good, pretty good job explaining that. And yeah. even I, after kind of, you know, reconciling this entire argument, I'm not able to really decide which one's better. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I, I think that's a respectable answer. And I, I thank you for kind of explaining that in that way, because I, I did kind of like just jump into it. And, and I kind of assumed that our listeners know exactly what we're talking about. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of you have probably heard about it. But yeah, like Matt just did a great job of, of kind of breaking it down from from a 12 playoff team standpoint. Um, I, I think the other thing that we have to kind of consider here is like, and something that not probably not a lot of people think about when thinking about a 12, 12 team playoff, that's going to shorten the season. Like that's, it's going to have to sort shorten the season in, in some way, because like, if you think about it, yeah, the, the, the two best teams, the two teams in the, in the championship are playing, you know, an extra game, possibly two extra games because of the conference championship. And then also the extra game with the, with the college football semifinal game. Um, they're playing like two, almost two extra games than everybody else in college football. That's why you see different records um, in, in the, like, that's why you saw Alabama have a lower or kind of less games played with their record. And this year than than um, Georgia did because actually, actually, no, they had, sorry, I messed that up. Um, but basically teams that didn't play in their conference championship that still made it to the college football playoff, which is actually like pretty hard to do. Um, those teams are going to have less, less games played, whatever. So I think like with, with a 12 team playoff, you're going to have, um, well, I mean, technically the first, it would be the first like four seeds that wouldn't, that would get a buy. Right. Like it would be, yeah. The first four seeds would get a buy. And so yeah. you essentially have like, eight teams and mm-hmm. that way you can you know eight, te- eight divided by two is four so you have two teams playing in each game there'd be four games and kind of bracket style that and then the first you know the top four get a bye they play the lowest seeds from the second round it, it makes sense like when you work yeah. it out yeah. and obviously that way too the best teams the top four teams who you know we kind of argue like oh well there's the same four teams making the college football playoff every year in the way that it is this year you know this way when there's only four teams to choose from those four teams will still get basically incentivized to be the yeah. best teams because then you get a buy in the first round you get you know you get rest you can play an easier team all that so that's the kind of why the 12 team ends up working out in terms of like the amount of you know the, the kind of the way that the bracket works out but as Hayden said you either kind of have to shorten the regular season or you just end up playing more games risking injury you know all yeah. that stuff so there's concerns there too yeah exactly and I think that's like a huge part about why they there was disagreement there too, because like, you know, some coaches are probably like, well, we don't care. You know, we want to play as, like Nick Saban's probably like, well, we want to play as much football as we can. We want to build this program, but it's like it's, <laughs> other coaches are probably like, no, let's, you know, save these kids lives. So they're not just playing 17 college football uh, games, you know, in a season. Cause that's what NFL does. Like, I think, I think they're the top teams are playing like 15 right now. Um, if, if you go to the, the, the college football championship. So it's just like, that's, you're basically playing, you know, almost a full NFL season if you're on one of the best college football teams. So that's, I think that's another thing that we have to look at. Um, again, another thing that I kind of mentioned that I didn't really go into was like the whole idea of bowl games not mattering. I think that's another incentive to kind of expand the playoff. I know, I mean, we're still going to have what, 35 bowl games that don't matter instead of 40, but it's just like, it kind of, it makes, it gives more meaning to more games. So you, you know, you have 
eight or you have uh, you've got four games in that first round that matter more than a bowl game because obviously they can go to the to the college football championship. Um, and then you've got, you know, after that, you've got the two semifinal games. And then so you've technically got like seven games that that mean something rather than just three um, with a, with a four team playoff. But again, it's just like it, <laughs> it's I don't know. It's it's like it's who makes it right. Like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just hard to kind of it's hard to like stay with the whole you know twelve football twelve team playoff idea, um, and then kind of like think of it from it, you always have that idea looming in your head of like it doesn't really matter in the end because we're gonna get the same teams. Winning. So again, yeah, I'm I'm all for like giving teams a chance, and of course you're gonna have teams that that pull off an upset like every once in a while, but we just don't know how often that's going to be. Um, you know, it, we, we, we might get like a Texas A&M beating an Alabama like they did earlier in the season this year, but like, we don't know that. And we don't, we're not really going to see how that pans out and how frequently that's going to happen until we have a 12, a 12 team college football playoff. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I wanted to make as my second point is that, Yes, you do have the opportunity for a UCF, you know, in, in 2013 or whatever year it was, you know, Cincinnati this year, I think was kind of the, the, the poster child for, all right, we got a group of five team that finally made the college football playoff, you know, let's see what they can do. Well, they showed up and played like crap, right? Well, they didn't play like crap. It was just that Alabama was so much better than them, right? And so it's like, that's kind of the argument here is that like, on the flip side, Will we really get that much disparity? Will there will there be you know different teams? There'll be different teams making a twelve team playoff for sure, right? I mean, you know, the thing about the Sun Belt, for example, like you got Appalachian State, you got Coastal Carolina, you got Louisiana Lafayette. Like, you know, obviously, if you're not a huge college football fan, you're like, who even are those teams? But they're the top three in the Sun Belt, and they're really great teams, and they all have winning records all the time. And any one of them could win the conference in any given year and make it to the college football playoff. And that's kind of the argument for this for the smaller guys, which like. I'm always, I'm always going to argue for the smaller guys. All right. But in this thought experiment, kind of the same way. Right. So I compared it to the NFL playoffs before let's compare this to the NFL playoffs again. All right. Just for you know sake of argument, you have a situation in which, like I said, the top four teams are going to receive by. So just, let's just take it from this year. Okay. You know, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and, and, and Cincinnati. They would have theoretically receive buys in the first round of a 12 team college football playoff. Now, who do we think like, cause, cause basically my argument before was like with the NFL playoffs, two, four, two, four seeds made the, made, you know, made the Super Bowl. All right. But in, in it, basically the disparity in between the good college football teams and like the underdog college football teams is way, way, way bigger than the disparity between the good, you know, NFL football teams and kind of the mediocre, not as much underdog thought about NFL uh, football teams. Because at the end of the day, like the NFL, the NFL has the best players. All right. And so the the teams that make the playoffs in the NFL are going to be a lot closer matched. And that's therefore have the potential for a lot bigger upsets than does a college football. Okay. So let's just think about this in the divisional rounds, we have, you know, we had the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Um, we had the Bengals play the Titans. Titans are the one seed. They get the bye. They're feeling good. And, and this is kind of the, you know, let's, let's kind of do the parallel argument here to the college football playoff. The one seed in the college football playoff gets a bye. All right. So they get a bye. They're, they're coming in. They're playing at home. They're feeling good. Similar to what the Titans were this year in the NFL playoffs. And the Titans get ran over by the Bengals. Now, obviously it was a close game. They had nine sacks on Jerboro. We get all that, but the Titans lost the game. They had the chance. They got the bye. They had the number one seed and they lose to the Bengals and the Bengals were only four point underdogs. Okay. So as much as it seems like, Oh my gosh, this is a magical run by Joe Burrow. Anybody could have seen, you know, before that game started, it was literally just who's going to win the game. We don't really know. Okay. Let's translate it to this year where we had a one versus four matchup, Alabama, Cincinnati, and we had a two versus three matchup, Georgia and Michigan, Alabama and Georgia respectively were favored. Alabama was favored by 14 points against Cincinnati, which again, these are the top four teams. These are the best teams according to whoever, you know, Georgia's the, like, Alabama's favored by 14 points. Georgia's favored by eight points. Both teams win their, Alabama and Georgia win their respective games by more than 20 points. 
Okay. So this is kind of the disparity that I'm talking about in the NFL. If you have a, you know, you got a number one seed going up against the number four seed and it's like, Whoa, you know, the number one seed, they, like they, they did all they could do in the regular season. They got a first round buy. They're at home. They got all this momentum going for them. And they just, they got beat by Joe Burrow. Wow. You know, that's a, that's an upset quote unquote, but like anybody could have picked the, either the Bengals or the Titans to win that game in this, in the way that we're going to think about it with college football, you're literally going to end up with Alabama having a first round buy and then playing, you know, you know, playing Georgia Southern in, in the second round. And it's like, the, like that's not even the you know it's like obviously right the argument for this is that we're going to play the game because who knows what can happen but it's like the who knows what can happen argument works way better for the nfl and actually you know transpires in real life a lot more than it would in college football so that's kind of the other argument other side of this is like again i'm always a fan of the underdog i want the little guys to have a chance and i want them to you know have the chance to succeed and actually win a game but when even this past year in just the, you know, the four, the four best teams in the country anyway, there still wasn't even any competition. Right. And so then we go back to the argument. Okay, fine. Well, that that's fine. Right. If you're truly the best teams, then you'll win all your games. You'll get to the championship. And I think that's kind of where I'm landing on this argument at the end of the day is like, sure. If Alabama plays Georgia Southern, Alabama's probably going to win that game, but Technically, they should. They're the better team. Georgia Southern had a chance to play in the game. They probably are going to get beat. And so, yeah, we're probably going to end up with kind of the same teams making the championship in college football every year. But it's always been like that, right? So that's, I think, kind of a thing that people are missing, too, is like we want a chance for, you know, for the underdogs to win. Well, the underdogs haven't ever really won, and they're probably not going to keep on winning. But the thing is, if they have the chance to win, it may happen once in a while. And that's exactly what Hayden said. So I think that that's kind of where it's going to have to go. It may not be equal right away. We may not, it may not be as entertaining as the NFL playoffs in which you kind of have these random upsets, you know, the Rams basically, you know, being up by 30 points against the, you know, Brady and the Bucks who just were the, you know, reigning Super Bowl champions. Like that's never going to happen. Well, it it may happen once, you know, in a, in a while in a college football scenario, but like, you know, the Rams being up against by 30 against Tom Brady and the Bucks is a way, you know, that, that has a way bigger percentage chance of happening than Georgia Southern being up by 30 points against Alabama. That's, that's kind of the the crux of the argument here. But again, if you have 12 teams and it's a bracket style, anything can happen on any given day. And if the best teams are Alabama and Georgia every single year, they'll make the championships. And you know, that's, that's what will happen. And then going off of that, we're not even going to get into this, but there's a whole other thing here where we could essentially just say that make college football its own entity, its own business. And you have basically like the top, you know, the top kind of group of five or the the power five conferences basically be their own league. And then you kind of have a playoff, like it could, it could get really cool in terms of like only the best teams have their own league. And then only, you know, the group of five has their, has their separate league. And it's like, there's going to be separation, but there's going to be a lot more equity. I think in terms of teams being able to win, that's a whole, again, that's a whole different argument for a different day. But I think that that's kind of the, at the end of the day, like, right. You know, if we, if we give a chance to more teams, there's a possibility they can win. They probably won't. We may end up with the same champions, but it's like, at least they played the games. Right. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Actually. That, that's almost like, it almost seems like a, a, a regular tournament, regular college basketball tournament, NCAA tournament and then like the nit tournament as well that they have kind of it's like it's like two different brackets in college basketball now the ncaa like the actual tournament has 64 teams and i think the nit has 32 um but it's like basically if you don't make the actual tournament you kind of step down a, a notch to the nit and you make the nit but nobody ever cares about the nit because it's like it's like teams basically that were on the bottom half of their conference, especially if you're a power five conference. So like a, a, a good example this year would be UVA actually. So UVA is like right on the cusp of either making it into the tournament. I think right now UVA or either right now or last week, UVA was, was actually one of the first, uh, first four teams out. So if you, if you kind of follow college basketball, especially like selection Sunday kind of stuff, if you follow like bracketology and stuff like that, you know that there's this this thing called last four in and then first four out. So last four in means like you're basically one of the last four teams. Um, what like you're you're yeah you're one of the last four teams that was picked to be in in the tournament. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're one of the bottom teams in the whole tournament because obviously there are conference championships or conference champions of very small conferences that are going to be worse than you. Um, and then there's like a first four out, which means that you just missed the cut for, for the tournament. So that, yeah, I, that in my opinion would be kind of cool to kind of 
set apart two leagues. Again, we're not going to get into it, um, but that, that did sound like a good idea. There was another thing I was going to say, um, and I, th- I think it was that, okay, yeah, I think I was just basically going to say the the 12-team the playoff, I think this is kind of going to be like my last point because we've covered a lot already. Um, but it's basically that like the 12-team playoff, I think the, the, the main thing to look at here is like, it's not going to hurt anybody. Um, and, and again, you might be saying, it might hurt the players because they're playing so much and, and, you know, they might get like bored in, in a game where Alabama plays Georgia Southern that I get that, but it's just like, at the same time, it's like, they're still playing football. So as long as, you know, as, as long as you're kind of, you kind of have the same amount of games around you 15 max, I would say, if you want to shorten the season by one game, so be it. But I think that that would be, I think that would be a, a pretty reasonable change in my opinion. I, I don't think that there's really any kind of um, downside to, to doing this again, you might say from like an entertainment standpoint, there is, but, it's, but I think for the players, it's, it's, it's who matter most, right. The players matter most in this situation. I think that that's like what we have to look at here. And I think that for the players, it's not really a downside to that because they're, they're still playing football. And honestly, like if you're, if you're Alabama, you don't mind playing a cupcake team before you go up against a Georgia. Right. So it's, it's, that's kind of where I'm coming from, but yeah. Yeah. And, and two, like my whole thing with that is like, yes, I, I understand that we should be wary and cautious and, and understanding that, you know, these kids are going to be playing more games and, and whatever, but it's like, they're also the players. And, and if they want to play more football, then they should be able to play more. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, we, we can't be sitting from above them having not experienced anything that they're going through, right? Not not knowing how much they really truly do love the game and then just deciding stuff for them and being like, no, you can't play more games because you're going to get hurt faster. And it's like, okay, but what if they want to, right? It's like, that's, that's kind of my thing is like, we can't sit and play God in this scenario when like, we're not anything, we're not involved in anything that kind of yeah. goes on here. So that's, that's my thoughts on kind of that whole, like, you know, they're going to be playing more games. Well, yeah, but they're football players. They love playing football. They want to play more games. And you know, right. Like it's like anybody can get hurt at any time anyway. And it, it, if it does and it hurts your draft stock, like, again, that's happened to every, like that happens every year. So it's like, and it sounds harsh for me saying it like that, but it's like, just objectively speaking, like you holding back one more game is not going to be the difference between, you know, like it's not going to be life-changing. I think is kind of my thing. Yeah. And, and that's a good point because everybody that, gets mad at players for, for holding out of bowl games in order to kind of keep their draft stock and not get injured. Those people that, that hate those guys for doing that are like totally on board for this 12 team playoff um, playoff. Because like, if you think about it, that's going to, that's going to make a lot of guys play, you know, obviously the teams that make it to the 12 to, to the playoff, if there is 12 teams, that's going to like incentivize so many more guys that are about to get drafted to play. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, you know, you better play in this, in this bowl game. It again, I think we kind of had this conversation. I think it's gotten a little bit out of hand, but I, I can, I understand where, where they're coming from. And I think that that's like another incentive to kind of, to have this 12 team playoff, because I think, I think the NCAA and, and I don't know who, like you call the the high up authorities in the NCAA, but like, I think those, those guys who kind of can control this kind of thing. And, you know, the, the, the conference presidents or whatever, I think those guys are kind of seeing this whole, this whole culture of, of, of guys that aren't playing in their bowl game in order to, to, to go to the NFL draft. I think they're seeing this happen and that may be another incentive to kind of have this 12 team playoff so that those guys kind of, you know, have, have some competition to play for, you know, they're actually playing for a trophy and they're playing for a championship and a ring instead of kind of just like sitting back in Hawaii, you know, playing for like an Xbox or something. It's, it's there, there's a huge difference there. And it's just like, you, you incentivize these guys to play more. And I think that's, I think that's great because again, these guys want to, they want to play football. It's, it's not like they're holding out of the bowl game just because they're like, okay, I'm tired of playing football. You know, I, I kind of want to just move on to my, to the next part of my career. No, they're, they want to make a lot of money and, you know, getting drafted in the first round. That's what they want to do. So it's like, there's, there's two sides of the situation. So again, I think Matt, Matt and I are both on the same wave, wavelength in terms of like, do what the players want. Um, if there's any kind of way that you can like take a vote on it, that would be great. Um, obviously like one vote probably wouldn't be very 
I don't know, it, it probably wouldn't be sufficient, but if, if there's some kind of way where you can like vote on each year or have guys fill out some kind of like survey, I don't even, I don't know. It's, it, this is kind of like elementary thinking, but it, it sounds kind of cool in my, in, in my head right now, but now that I'm thinking about it, ask the players do, because the players, again, the players are the other guys that really matter in this situation. Yeah. And if, and if they don't want to play and they are basically, you know, costing them, themselves and their teams a chance at winning a college football championship then you know that's that's their choice like that's kind of my thing too is like you know we can't be telling them that they can't play this many games and that sounds harsh in terms of like you know right we're going to force them to play these many you know however many more games well no we're not going to force them if they want to opt out they can opt out right like i mean it makes sense like if you want to make millions of dollars we're not going to stop you from doing that you don't have to play in your games it might hinder your team in terms of you know actually having a chance to win the win the championship but like you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And so, right. Hayden's exactly right. Like you just have to have the individual players decide themselves if they're going to play and if they're not, and then, you know, we'll, we'll basically just go from there. Like things will be decided. We will still have a team that wins the college football championship and it won't matter. Like, you know, even a week afterwards, like who opted out and who made it the big story, whatever. That's like, we're going to have a champion. That's really all that's going to matter. We're going to have a game to watch. And you know, that's really all people care about. Yeah, there you go. Alrighty. Well, now that our, our college football talk is done, we spent about half an hour on that. So that was really good. Actually, probably, yeah, about half an hour, a little bit over. Um, so now moving on to Olympics. So we, we kind of just, I don't know, we, we want to have a college basketball topic today, but then there's a lot of good games today that, are, that either have just happened. We're recording this at five, basically. We started recording at around five. So it, there, there have been a bunch, a bunch of good games today. Um, and then there are kind of some tonight, there are some going on right now. So it's kind of hard to like talk about some, some big news. And there's not really much big news really that we haven't talked about. It's really just kind of like these, you know, you, you don't know who's going to win at this point that like at with any team, which is awesome. But, um, but one thing that I do want to mention about college basketball is that the game, the Providence Villanova game that I mentioned last episode on uh on tuesday they played they were playing tuesday night as we were finishing up the 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 episode and villanova ended up winning that so providence fell to like i think number 15 but yeah there's they're still up there in the ranks so that's cool to see but one thing one thing that's weird about providence is that like both of their losses other than villanova like before they lost to villanova was they they both dude, this helicopter is coming by it's i don't know if you guys can hear that but there's like a really loud helicopter that just went by but both of those, um, both of those losses that that Providence has had before Villanova, they both came by like more than twenty five points. I think. Well, I think one of them was like thirty something, and the other one was twenty something. It was crazy. Like they they've had two losses before Villanova, and there was this super super good. I think one of them was against Rutgers, and it's like you you're losing that bad against a a, a bad team like that. I don't know. It's just it was weird. So Providence is a little bit sketchy in my opinion, but. Yeah, so I, I guess just talk about college basketball for a little bit. But, yeah, moving into uh, Olympics, I kind of just wanted to talk about, like, some some things that we've seen. Also, Olympics is, I think, wrapping up this Tuesday. I, I think it's, like, the 22nd. It seems like every time I turn on the TV and I, and I turn on NBC or something like that, there's curling on. And it's, like, it's so ironic because we've talked about curling in the past and we kind of just, like, hate on it or not hate on it, but joke it and stuff like that. And we, you know, joke about how, like, weird and technical it is but like nobody knows what's going on and that's that's exactly what was happening the other night i was trying to get into it and it was just like i couldn't figure out what was going on plus usa usa um they we lost to great britain so the men's curling team lost to great britain in the semifinals i'm pretty sure but like the thing was that we basically conceded the second to last game against they're, they're like split up into 10 individual game things and so we, we, we conceded the last, um, the second to last game and went down six to four to try to like basically make this huge comeback in the last round. And then we just like choked it. And it was, it was so weird, dude. It, it, it confused me because it was like they made it, they made an executive decision to concede the second to last game to try to like make this incredible comeback in the last, um, in the last round, which was like, I don't know why they did that. But yeah, that's that that's something that I saw. And then I also I was watching like the the snowboarding big air, which was really cool to see. And um, I actually think I think it was like a 17 year old 
guy from China, I think he, he won the gold medal. And it's just, like, that's crazy, dude. That like, it's, it still blows. And I know that the Olympics is kind of like an amateur kind of thing where a lot of the athletes aren't professional at all. And they, you know, they, they come out of like high school, basically like this kid's a sophomore in high school and he just won a gold medal in the Olympics for snowboarding. And it's like one of the coolest things it's, it's the snowboard big air where they just do this one big jump and they do like 17 flips in the air. And yeah, like that's, that's crazy in my mind. Cause like, if you think about it, if you're a listener and you're under, well, if you're a listener and you're like over 20, which is very likely like that kid is so much younger than you. And he's doing that in the Olympics. Like it's, it's awesome, dude. Um, I don't know. That's, that, that's kind of my, my first initial thoughts. I don't know, Matt, do you have anything to say here? Well, yeah, I think kind of speaking of younger aged participants competing in Olympic events, I think kind of the, the big news story that I was kind of following a little bit this week was this figure skating uh, thing where the best, I guess, figure skating. I don't know, the, the, the girl, Camilla Velieva from Russia, I don't know if she had like won, I don't know if, Hayden, if you know either off the top of your head, but like, I don't know if she'd like won medals in the past or if she was just like the big favorite coming in to, to win, but essentially like she was like the top, one of the top contenders, right? And then she had the whole, like, she basically tested positive for PEDs, I think. And like, it was this whole story about how like, she like her grandfather was sick and like she was like exposed to whatever they were giving him and it's like that I, I don't know what happened basically like she obviously I mean hopefully but I also don't think she did um you know willingly or knowingly like take PEDs to you know win a figure skating event um and I know that it's intense and like you know they're amazing athletes I get that but I'm just like that's a little a little too far for a 16 year old Russian girl anyway yeah. um I think that kind of the, the, the big story with this well there's two kind of sides to this. The first is that like, you know, Russia overall has been basically just decimated over the last, like even I think for 20 years, basically of just like doping is what you call it. Right? You always hear these news stories about the Olympics, Russia and doping is because they, they basically just take drugs and, you know, win lots of medals and, or try to. And it's like, you know, they've done a lot of like the wrestlers and everything. And so it's like, that kind of narrative, I think, was was sparked by this story, which is in the sense is just like, you know, right, it's like it's gone to this point. Because if you've noticed, it's not Russia, you know, competing in the in the Olympics, it's the it's the Russian Olympic Committee, which I guess is just like, I don't know how you determine that. Like, I don't know who in Russia is banned from competing in the Olympics or, hey, do you know? It's it's basically you're nobody in Russia is banned from complete, competing in the Olympics. You basically obviously they drug test them, but like the whole idea of the Russian Olympic committee is that you can't, you basically can't, you're not representing your own country. You're, you're, you can't represent like your own flag. So they gotcha. can't use their own flag. They have to use that like white flag with a circle of stars or something. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I knew that. Cause I had seen it. I just didn't know if it was like, yeah. So that makes sense is that it's yeah. not really like, it's like Russia won't get credit for like, right. if they get the most gold medals or whatever. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Anyway, I think the second part of this whole story is that she was you know this whole scandal was going on and you know there was being investigated she was being tested and whatever and her you know her competes were i don't know when she was going or what again sorry i don't sound very educated on this i was basically just reading articles kind of throughout the week as it was as it was reported but essentially what ended up happening is like she was all clear all right whatever they needed to do to you know test her however many other times and there was a fluke that showed up and that's what you know it showed up as like a positive test but it really wasn't and she was good to go and so everybody was like she's finally able to and then she comes in fourth and doesn't even win a medal yeah and so it's like that was kind of the big story is like you know why are we i don't know I, it just felt like it was so much pressure being put on her as like a young athlete who's just she's just trying to do her back again like we just said she's not even technically competing for her country like she's just doing it for her own love of figure skating and it's like the entire like weight of the world is like on her shoulders and it's like everybody's saying that this is her fault and she's like continuing the narrative of russian you know doping when it comes to olympic athletes and all this stuff and it's just like I, th I think that probably has something to do with like that'll impact your mentality when it comes to how you're performing and when you're expected to on top of all the you know all the positive tests and everything going on and all the news in that way anyway like on top of that having to be the favorite in the event and then still not do well enough you know it's like now and so then kind of everyone's like so that's kind of the thing is, is is what I wanted to say at least from kind of what I was keeping up with so far this week is just kind of the way that that whole figure skating thing went down and obviously congratulations to you know to, to the to the figure skaters who did medal and and you know and, and they were very deserving of it I, I just thought it was just kind of weird how this whole thing transpired and it was just like this big story it's like oh my god this like you know young girls test positive but then it's like 
no, like it wasn't her, it was this other thing. And then she was fine and it's like, she's clear. And then it's like, we're gonna all like be so excited for her to do it. And then she doesn't do well. And so it's just, I think it was just a big mess in my opinion. Yeah, dude, I, I, I also saw that and I didn't really think about talking about that, but it's like one thing that I first saw, cause I, again, I, I didn't really read articles about it and I didn't really try to get background on it, which was bad on me because then I'm an uninformed judgy person that's like judging this 16 year old girl for like, you know, taking PEDs when she like might not even have done it on purpose because she accidentally did because her grand, grandpa was sick or whatever. Basically the PED was like the type of PED was one that I think it's like, it, it like helps your heart. It's, it does something to your heart where you basically like don't get fatigued as easily. And it, it almost like puts you in better shape to where you can, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like an endurance booster almost um, to where like, you don't really get tired as fast and you don't, I guess you can kind of like, you know, figure skate for longer or whatever, which I thought that was kind of, I mean, I know that figure skating is, is pretty cardio heavy. I mean, if you look at the, the people that do it out there, like the, they're moving around all the time and they do like, you know, five minute routines or whatever. So that's like, I can understand that. But, um, but another thing that I was thinking about, it's just like, and when I, again, when I first heard about it, I didn't really read anything. And so I was just kind of like judging her from a, from a athlete standpoint. And I was like, dude, if you think about it, Russia, they already are downstage to Russian Olympic committee. They're not even associated with their own country. And it's like, so basically like, I wouldn't be like, it would be funny if all the Russian athletes just like start taking PEDs because they're like, okay, well, what the heck? We're not even like, we're, like we might as well just be like super good and like not even care because we're not representing our country anymore. So like, did you see like the, all the Russian Olympic committee people come in? They're like, they can run like forty miles an hour. <laughs> like, I don't know, they can jump. They can like do the 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 long jump ski and they go like eight miles on the air or whatever dude that'd be so funny but i don't know that's that was my thing it's like i was thinking about it i was like dude you have nothing to lose at this point because you're not even representing your country you're just you're representing the russian olympic committee which is like a made-up thing like why don't you just yeah yeah and that kind of goes along with what i was saying is just like it's like everybody was putting all this pressure on her and saying it's her fault and it's like I think I understand what you're saying. And I, and obviously like, that's funny. And I, it would be, it would be hilarious if like that actually happened, but it's yeah. like the other side of that argument is that like, there's nothing to also, there's also nothing to gain from it. Like you're not, you're not even representing your own country. So like you doing well does not look favorably upon your country because you're not, yeah. it's not the flag. So it's like all these athletes are out here doing it for basically the sake of nothing anyway. Right. It's like, they're not making any money off this. They're not, they're not gaining any fame, you know? So it's like on top of all that, like she still faced all this. So that's kind of what I'm saying is like, there's, two sides of it right like it, yeah they could technically take peds and just beat everybody and everything but it's like at the same time too like they're not they're not gaining anything from it so there's no benefit to being like you know i, I so yeah i think that's kind of the whole thing is like, like you know she's she's out here just trying her best and not even representing her own country and you're still just like you know just trashing her for you know for all this stuff and you know she's only 16 too so yeah and that, that's the other thing is that i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that like it's kind of meaningless that she's even competing, not meaningless, but it's just like, it doesn't mean as much because she's not competing for a country. Cause again, I, th- I think a lot of people forget with the Olympics, with any Olympics, not even just winter, but also summer Olympics. Like it's a, it's a collective thing. Like when you compete in the Olympics, you're not really competing for yourself. You're really competing for your country. It, it's almost like, I mean, I hate to compare it, but it's, it's almost like war, it, like, like going into the, going into the army or joining, joining the military. Like you do it, for your country, it's not an individual effort. A lot, a lot of times it's like, you know, you compete in these games and it's kind of like, it's a lot friendlier than war. I don't know why I even compared it to that, but like, I mean, yeah, like the, the competition is friendly, but there's still kind of this, this feeling of like nationalism that, that, that comes out when you compete, but it's, but for the Russians, it's like, yeah, they're all Russian, but they don't <laughs> like you're, you're coming out with, or you're coming out in the opening ceremony with like this different flag. And so, and you're all wearing white, like they, they all have to wear white. They can't wear any kind of red or blue or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it seems a little like they're, they all seem off, which again, and that's, that's another thing, dude, that's what I really hate about the situation is that like those, those people that use PEDs in the past for, for Russia they've already done that, but now like the athletes now are getting punished for it. And it's just like, that really makes me mad because again, 16 year old, whatever her name is, I don't, I don't even, I'm not going to try to pronounce her name because I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but like 
she didn't do anything. Well, I mean, she did. I guess you can't say she did, but like the, all the other Russian Olympic athletes, <laughs> they didn't do anything. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it sucks for the, like the contemporary athletes because they didn't do anything, but they're getting punished for it. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's just sad to see, but I guess we can't really change anything about it. So if, uh, if, if we're all done here, we can, uh, well, actually, Matt, do you want to, do you want to go over like the top medal winners or do you want to move into your wrong man? Cause we, cause we can go over like the countries that have the no, most, let's, uh, let's most just, medals. Let's just, yeah. Let's just keep, let's, we can say that for like maybe next week. Okay. Yeah. All right, then we can move on to your wrong men of the week here. Our fun segment. We've got um, obviously, if you well, if you haven't been with us before or you forgot what the, what the segment is, it's your wrong man of the week. It sounds like your come on man of the week, um, and we basically each pick two happenings or events in sports where somebody was wrong or somebody was did wrong, whatever. So. We're just going to give our two here. I'm going to go ahead and go first, and Matt will go second. I'll go third. He'll go fourth. So starting off with the first one, I'm going to go this, and we were actually going to do this on Tuesday, so it was more recent, but it's still within the past week, so I'm good here. Um, so after the Super Bowl last Sunday, McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill. So if you guys don't know the the existing beef here, basically the Chiefs played the Bengals in the AFC Championship. And the Bengals won, obviously, but the Chiefs were kind of getting on Eli or well, getting on Eli Apple because Eli Apple, like I don't know, he I think he tweeted something at Tyreek Hill um, after the game because he was the one that that made that big stop on Tyreek Hill before halftime, where he kind of like shoved Tyreek Hill back, and so he couldn't get a touchdown. Um, and so I think he he tweeted at Tyreek Hill, and he was like, "He's a baby" or something like that. And then Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, like, didn't really say anything. Um, actually, I don't even really know where McCole Hardman came into this whole thing. He probably was just trying to defend his boy. But um, but after the Super Bowl, when obviously the Bengals lost and Eli Apple was arguably, like, you know, at fault for, I think, that last touchdown with Cooper Cup, and he was, like, getting burnt by Cooper Cup the whole game, McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill on, go on Twitter, and they at Eli Apple. So McCole Hardman added Eli Apple in, like, he literally just – he put the at sign and he put Eli Apple and he, he goes, it's cool. It's cool. Big bro. You might get one of these one day referring to the, the Super Bowl ring, but in the meantime, just go get better at your craft. And he put like a peace sign. Cause you know, Tyreek Hill has that like peace sign that he does in the game, whatever. So yeah. So basically like McCall Hartman saying like, yeah, it's okay. You lost. Um, and so like you suck and Cooper cup was burning you the whole game, the whole game, but just go work on your craft and like, maybe you'll get better next year. So he, like he added him on Twitter and then Tyree kill. I think Tyree kill comment or like commented or, or tweeted something and said like, got him or whatever. And so, yeah, they both teamed up on Eli Apple and that was, that, and everybody, everybody's criticizing Eli Apple. Like, it seems like the whole world's against this guy. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it, I feel bad for the guy kind of, I mean, Eli Apple, he hasn't shown the best, the best uh, craft throughout the whole season, I guess. Well, no pun so intended. As kind of, I mean, just a little background on him. Like he was, he was, he played at Ohio state. He was amazing. He was one of the best defensive backs probably to ever play at Ohio state drafted first round by the giants. And that was kind of during their Odell phase when it was like Eli Apple was supposed to be like that guy that's just locked down on defense. And he just didn't really provide that for them, for them. And I think that he still thought he was better than he was, I think. Um, and then I think that kind of translated now he's on the Bengals. Obviously they made the super bowl. And so like, he's always been like a huge trash talker. So a lot of the guys in the league don't respect, like, it's like, everyone trash talks, but I think he just is not like he, he will trash, but like everybody, like everybody else will kind of like trash talk each other, but still respect his games at the end of the day. And he's just one of the guys that just doesn't like, he, yeah. So I, I can, I clearly, because so many like NFL players dislike him, like he's clearly just not like, just, just not a really nice guy. So I think that that's kind of where all that hate's coming from. But anyway, my uh, first year wrong man of the week is golf related. So, um, I saw it's on, it's on Twitter. So this guy named Taylor Gooch, he's a golfer. It's a weird kind of, kind of weird name, but that's his name. Um, and he won a tournament last fall. He's been playing really well throughout the first couple, you know, the first couple uh, tournaments of this year. And a guy who was basically, it's called daily fantasy sports and that you kind of do a lineup and like, based on how well your golfers play, you can like it. Pay. So it's, it's, it's kind of like betting, but you're like, you're constructing, it's, it's like, 
fantasy golf basically you're just like picking different golfers and then based on how well they do you get you get points and then if you have the most points you win money whatever so this guy had like made a lineup with taylor gooch in there and he like did not play well at all um this kind of kind of for this current tournament or every era the uh and so he and so he basically like added taylor gooch on twitter and he was like you know you're you're such a scrub like you know you cost me my lineup or whatever and then taylor gooch just responded to him and he was just like he was like yeah you're the real scrub here giving out like 40 making people pay you $40 for your daily fantasy lineups with me in it. Meanwhile, I've won, I've won two and a half million dollars since the start of the PGA tour season. And he just completely like ended this man's life. So that was, that was my first year wrong, man, is Taylor Gooch is wrong for how, how, how dirty he did that, that right again, random guy who was just like subtweeting him on Twitter. All righty. That was a pretty good one. Moving on to my second year wrong man of the week. So last night, the celebrity all-star game, transpired and i actually didn't i don't think i really watched any of it um i i didn't watch any of it i I might have seen like some clips here and there i don't really know i i think i saw like a free throw or two but uh but yeah so i saw i went on instagram before the before it happened and i saw i think it was like espn posted this this picture of matt james like posing as LeBron when LeBron got drafted and he, he had like the same outfit on and everything like that. So he, he, he was trying to come into the game with, with like the whole LeBron James, all white outfit with the Cavaliers hat or like the burgundy hat, whatever. And so, so like, this is dude, this is the funny part is that like the ESPN posted this picture of Matt James. And then, and if you don't know who Matt, sorry, I didn't even really explain. If you don't know who Matt James is, he was the bachelor for, I don't know. Like he, he was a bachelor like two or three seasons ago. And he's like this like really tall, handsome dude. Um, and he's like, he, he looks like a basketball player, honestly. So it's, you know, it kind of makes sense that they, that they let him play in the, in the celebrity basketball game. But it's like, dude, I'm saying that, that the celebrity all-star game is wrong for letting Matt James play in it. Because first of all, he was the bachelor. So like, first i mean i guess he's a celebrity yeah but it's like that's he's not even really a celebrity he's the bachelor he's just like really hot i guess but um but but yeah like, <laughs> of hayden calling guys hot <laughs> happens like every other episode i mean i don't know what you mean um but yeah like they, they let matt james play <laughs> and also dude the, the the other thing is like he's just so long i don't know <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he, um, he's like six five yeah, he was he was posing in the picture as LeBron and LeBron. I think he's doing like he had a, a one up like he he put his index finger up in the picture. I wish I could show you guys the picture. Um, but yeah, so like they put the two pictures side by side. And first of all, Matt James was not only holding up the wrong hand with like with the, the finger up. I think it was like LeBron put up his his left and then and then Matt James put up his right. And it's like, dude, you couldn't even look at the picture long enough to know which hand you were supposed to put up. Second of all his finger was like a whole foot long it was like dude it was the it was the longest finger i've ever seen and i was like jeez dude like this guy's got like 11 inch hands and he's, he's playing the all-star game i'm surprised he wasn't like dunking over everybody but yeah that, that was funny so my second year wrong man of the week is also celebrity all-star game related and every, i mean everyone's seen it at this point but i just had to say it is miles garrett swatting uh Quavo shot last night that was that was disgusting it was so and it's so funny because like Quavo has been in the celebrity all-star game like pretty much every year since its inception like he's always there because he's good right I mean he's actually kind of a good a good basketball player yeah um and so that's kind of the the, the funny thing about this part is that like like obviously Miles Garrett is an NFL player I think that he did play basketball like he's like also a really good basketball player. And so that's kind of why he was in it, but it's also just like shows the, just the difference in athleticism and everything that like professional athletes are compared to like normal people. Like, obviously, like I said, like Quavo's obviously he's a rapper, but like, he's a good basketball player, like way better than any of us listening to this or me and Hayden speaking about this. Like he's, he's pretty legit. And Miles Garrett just looks like an absolute giant. And, and like, he actually, he looks like an NBA player playing against a regular person. So that was kind of my, you're wrong man of the week. Uh, second second one was was miles garrett just showing his exceptional athleticism uh and and completely <laughs> ruining quavo's shot of any chance of making it near the basket yeah i think miles garrett also had a like a huge dunk didn't he he had like a fast break where he yeah. slammed it yeah that was pretty sweet to to see dude miles garrett he, he can also jump really high like that's that's one thing about him that 
I mean, he's really yeah, he's athletic. A freak he's athlete. Like, yeah. 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 He's like, he's really strong and he weighs a lot. He weighs like, I don't know, like 270 or something or two, 280, but he can still jump super high and he's like super muscular. And it's, it do, I think it's so funny when like really muscular guys jump because they're so like stiff in the air. <laughs> Have you, I don't know. You, you probably haven't seen it, Matt, but I don't know. It, our listeners probably don't go on TikTok much. This is this is gonna go by. I I think I'm gonna try to post this t- this clip to TikTok and somehow like stitch the um the the video that I'm talking about with the guy on TikTok that does this. But like, there's this dude that he he's like super buff and he's just I don't know he's he's just a regular dude that you would see go to the gym. And he's like super super buff, but dude he when he jumps he like like levitates and dude he he does backflips like he, he can do a backflip but dude literally when he do, like most people when they do a backflip they like turn and they like just barely make it and sometimes they have to put their hands down dude he's like mario he like jumps up and just like flies through the air he's like it's like he's like he's it's like he's on the moon basically he like he like loses gravity and he just like flips in the air and then like lands dude i'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely gonna post this this uh this video to, to TikTok because like I, dude it's it's actually so funny like and like if you don't know what i'm talking about if you don't have TikTok and you're listening to this on apple or spotify or whatever if you don't have TikTok, go download it and go look up first down rundown and give us a follow um but go look go look up first down rundown and watch the video that i'm talking about or just go on youtube and just look up like i don't know TikTok jumper and you'll you'll probably find him but yeah he's like super super buff and he just lose like he, he turns off gravity basically with his jumps it's funny but yeah that's gonna round out the the end of our episode here it's i think i think we just had an hour actually like just now um and yeah that, that was pretty fun um i'm i'm glad that we got that college football stuff in as well as olympics and our fun segment i'm glad that we got to get in the the um the you're wrong man of the week because we didn't get to do that on tuesday so yeah speaking of we'll be back next tuesday and we'll have some some more content for you guys again it's kind of it's kind of tough now without nfl happening so we don't have any like nfl sunday to talk about or any any kind of um super bowl or conference championships like we don't have any games to talk about on tuesday for the first time in i think since we yeah since we started season two like this is gonna be the first tuesday that we don't talk about the nfl games that happen that's gonna be crazy but uh but yeah, sad days for us. But again, we've got March Madness coming up. Lots of college basketball to talk about. I'm sure that we'll have some topics on that on Tuesday. And yeah, hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend and we'll catch you then.